There we go. Podcast is recording. Let's go on Instagram. See what's going on here. And, ooh, perfect timing. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Hope everything is well. And this is BC, here in BC Mall at the headquarters, in our showroom. And hope you're experiencing a wonderful Tuesday on this lovely Tech Tuesday. Hope everything is great. Matt Durin, thank you for joining us. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for joining us as well. This is a great opportunity where we answer questions live from all around the globe, tech, life, and more. For those of you listening on the podcast, thank you so much as well. Oh, Krubach, good seeing you as well. Hello, Dying PSI. Good morning indeed. Hope everything is well with you and hope the company is off to a great week. XLX, hello, good seeing you. Hello, Rajan. Lao Hunter, good afternoon. When am I going to be at 944? <laughs> I have a lot of projects here. I may have to do that uh, 912, 914, sorry, right there first. Sam, hello, Sam, how are you? Oh, Sam, you're going to hate me this year. <laughs> good seeing you, Sam. El Monte Head Repair, good afternoon and hello. My fastest car in the shop right now, in terms of speed, that's a good question. You know what I think the fastest car is, believe it or not? Even with all the Porsches and so on and so forth here, it most likely would be the wagon. It's lightweight and all-wheel drive. Um, yes, same guy from Formula D, Long Beach. Wonderful. Uh, with the 944, I don't have a 944 yet. Hello, DJ Ramarov. How's Kevin on here, but also in the back working? That's some magic stuff going on there. Innovative Mounts, good seeing you. We're actually working on the wagon now, getting ready for Eibach this weekend. So. For those of you in the area or coming from out of state, iBuck is going to be out of control. You can join me at the AM booth, AM induction booth at the Auto Club Raceway in Fontana on the drag side, of course, which is pretty nice. I want to dine PSI, so what I want to do, they have a half mile event. I definitely want to take the wagon. I have to change the gearing. My gearing is not optimized for high speed. It's a pretty high numerical value of a 4.75 final drive which is great for if I'm doing some crazy eight mile stuff, but half mile, that wouldn't be the case. Brian Benton's asking a great question about what's the favorite car I have here. And I divide that typically into three. Um, first, in terms of popularity, is the wagon. No, the, you know, the wagon is actually very, very popular. I guess it's maybe a cross between the wagon van and also the Odyssey, which I'll be taking to a very nice filming next week, Friday, which is pretty exciting. In terms of a car that frightens the crap out of me, <laughs> and all the generous in it, but a lot of fun is the blue 911, um, which I don't think you can see back there. It's kind of hidden in the backpack. And then um, in terms of balance, especially, you know, it's another center seat. There's Kevin waiting right there. There you go, Kevin. It's the, not the black center seat, but the red one, the first one I did, which is absolutely balanced as well. Ian Ram, I am doing well. Um, does the Earth Dreams have potential in NA form? It has, Adam Bendoff is asking, it has potential. But it's not the most optimized, especially because of the integrated exhaust manifold. So for turbocharging, it's a godsend. It's like a, the most efficient log manifold you can ever experience from Honda. But for any applications, you get more extraction, more efficiency if you have individual ports on the exhaust. You know? Am I going to get a 997-911 soon? If I do get a 911 um, of a newer generation, I would most likely go with a 991. So I have customers with tons of 997s, but I haven't had one in-house. I do 996s. The closest thing to a 997 is the 987, which is right there behind me with the cool common fiber wheels. Um, but not, no plans for that yet. 
Am I still considering doing a 190 e-Cosworth build is what Built Nation is asking, yes. So this year is pretty crazy. I've already identified five projects we're doing here in this model, which is pretty crazy. I was going to do the 190 and my AW11 this year, but because of those projects and me wanting to do them very well, I am slightly delaying those two projects, you know? 981, 981 would be really cool. My 987 has actually quenched my thirst for mid-engine cars. So most likely it would be a 991, you know? Um, Boo Citizens, hello, good seeing you. Hello, Adam, good. How everything is well? Exgen SI, I didn't see the first part of your question. So sorry, you know? Um, RNF is saying, hey, brother, do you have any B-series exhaust manifolds for sale? I need one as soon as possible. I fell in love with the one I got a long time ago from your shop. We have to make one. I don't have any in stock here. Uh, no, 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 not even prototypes. So send me a DM here. Let me see how quickly I can knock one out for you. Um, hello, Utley Atta. Um, it's an honor meeting you as well, Chevy Riding 22. Thank you so much. Rafael from Brazil has a Z6 and an EJ1. That's really cool. Z6s are really one of my most loved engine programs that I've had so much experience and success with. And fast forward to today, all the top guys running Z6s going fast, they all have be similar parts in them, which is pretty exciting, you know? Um, that's a fever says he has a 93 Accord, not comfortable with taking EGR plugs out of intake manifold. Is it possible to clean the inside with intake manifold off? Yes, it is possible. There are many options that you can use. Um, sonic cleaning is one good way, but of course you want to start off and get all the major rubbish off by using some kind of a hot tank. But yes, sonic cleaning, if you find someone with a large enough sonic cleaner and have them submerge it and have the vibrations do the work, you can definitely get that thing cleaned beautifully in and out with that type of device, which is pretty cool. You know, um, X, X Genesis says with full boltons and a 1.5 liter turbo can still get about 40 miles per hour cruising. That's absolutely fantastic. That is a great thing about small application in terms of displacement and combining with turbocharging because the small displacement is very miserly of fuel. And then we add a turbocharger when you tip into it, the power is there. So it's absolutely fantastic. You know, what do I think of the new mid-engine Corvette? I think it's awesome. You know, most manufacturers, especially high ends, they're starting to go that route. Even if you look at Porsche 911, what they use in cup racing nowadays is more of a mirrored rear, en rear engine. Um, the Cayman is what got me hooked on mid-engine cars. I have a center seat right there that Sam was so instrumental in having come to life. And that really, really it, it's, it's amazing how balanced and forgiving a mid-engine car is. So in terms of power application and fun, you see the NSX, the new Corvette coming out doing that. It is absolutely spectacular. I think it'll do extremely well in the market, which is pretty cool. Um, who can tune my E36 M3? I plan to get the car in three months. I could. Um, if you need help tuning, we can definitely assist. I'm a huge advocate of the AM Infinity, and they do have an application for the E36 and E46, which is pretty nice plug-and-play standalone system. Hello, Icebox Customs Lorenzo. Good seeing you. Hello, fam. I hope everything is well with you, which is great. Dip and deep. Greetings, DeMello. Hello. Um, stripped brand is saying, come back to import dry racing steam, please, Mr. Steam Cam CRX days. Well, you'll be pleased to know that I am. On Monday, today's Tuesday, so yesterday I dropped off two blocks to go to Eagle, which I should go visit them next Tech Tuesday maybe. I have a one Tech Tuesday that I may do with one of the new partners we have, but if not, I'm going to go by there and see what's going on and see how the blocks are coming along, but put it this way, I'll share this with you in earnest. Two blocks dropped off F22As. Coming back to drag racing with my Insight, which is pretty cool, which is the, I would say, the cousin to my CRX. And then above and beyond that, Hoonigan is going to film the whole thing. 
How cool is that? I love you guys, honey. They're really good guys, you know? Thank you so much, Dip and Deep. Thanks for the kind words. Said the BC Silk Camp parts are king. Um, what do you think of the third generation Acro Teal Type S? I like those. As a matter of fact, that gearbox is what I'm using my Odyssey. So that shows you how much I find appeal for that platform, especially with the V6 engine, you know? Yeah, I, Kevin's been pushing the uh, inside as a strip down to rebuild the engine, make it nice. We're going to put some new technology. Um, Trom is coming out with some really cool pistons I want to play around with. Eagle is going to help me with a crankshaft. It's going to be a pretty cool project when we're done. Type R. I'm not Type R. Type 2 Vinyl Works. Hello, Jeremiah. Good seeing you. Hope all is well. Hope the car is good now. <laughs> uh, hello, Augusta from Canada. Good seeing you as well. Greetings. More videos of Waggle Van. Plenty are coming. So, Negron, just 888, just asked me of no, more videos of Wagon, and that's coming. And here's what's going on. Talking to Quake, because I run a Quake uh, sequential gearbox in the car, and I need another final drive. So, I haven't received it yet, so I'm going to give him another buzz and see if I can send that down. So, Marcel, who's going to kill me as well, you know Marcel Sam, he's going to swap out the 4.7, and I think I'm go I want to go numerically as low as a 3.8. That will allow me to. Not have to roll through all five gears in a quarter mile, but above and beyond that would absolutely set me up beautifully for some half mile stuff, which would be pretty cool. Then above and beyond that, Kevin right now in the back with the wagon is playing around with the rear end, installing a new rear diff assembly with clutches from Automotive KMD. And then finally I got some adjustable rear um, lower control arms um, from um, ESM. So that's going in right now, which is adjustable and allows me to play around with the rear track, which is pretty cool. So things are happening little by little. So I have that, um, I need alignment, but my alignment place of choice, which is of course Chewworks, he's on vacation this week. So as much as I want to have fun this week, I have to wait till he comes back on Friday. Then we have IBAC on Saturday. So next week I'll align the rear end and we're gonna start having some fun and doing tons of content, which I'm pretty excited about, you know? Um, yeah, I do have the head gasket, absolutely, I sure do. Do I work with M120 engines? Not yet, not shy of them, but I don't yet. Luis, good seeing you. How are you? Thank you so much, Stavo, for sharing our shows. Very good. Clinton, good seeing you as well. Um, Jim, 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 Jim Gingis Can, cool name. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, XGenesis saying, can I choose SI? Going to upgrade a clutch and flywheel, 85, and build internals? Absolutely. And let me know what year SI you have. Do you have a first gen SI in the earlier models? Do you have a CVCC? Do you have an EF? Do you have an EG, EK, EP? What do you have? Let me know. And we have many options for you. What's up with the Viper? NA boosted, plants, half mile comps, what reliable power is attainable? So back there, I'm pointing at right there, is the Black Viper, which is my in-house NA1, which is, came to me after some very bad influence from Ralph Jills, head of global design for FCA. Um, we have another Viper that we're playing around with with our partners from Mattel. And that plans to be boosted, and I can't give too much away, but it's gonna be a very scary vehicle when we're done. So a lot's coming. I want to surprise you and not let too much of the cat out of the bag, you know? Welcome back from Formula D. I heard that that was a pretty good event. Fantastic, I hope you had a safe journey there. Turbo or supercharged Acura Teal Type S? Supercharging seems to be pretty straightforward. It gives you the, the, the feel of a large displacement and a setup. The power distribution is very linear, which is very nice and very manageable. But turbocharging not only gives you the cool sound, turbocharging is a lot more versatile. Allows you to have different boost levels based upon what gear you're in or what speed, and you can actually play around with things and have different modes and so on and so forth. I like turbocharging. If you have heat management issues in your engine bay, maybe turbo's not the way to go. 
But if you want versatility and the ability to easily change the characteristics of your engine and don't mind a little bit of lag, turbocharging is the way to go and it is my choice when it comes to boosted applications. Hello Fox Design, good seeing you sir. Hope all is well, thanks for all your support, especially of late of our project cars who's coming on. Hi, eight second pass coming soon, asked Jeremiah from Type 2 Vinyl Works. Single cams can run eights. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's something I always receive from time to time. I remember people used to talk to me and said, single cams can never run 14s. Okay, single cams can never run 13s, and we did it. You can never run 12s in single cam, that's impossible. 11s, forget about it, we did that. Nines, that single cams will never dip in nines, we did that. Eights, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see. And that reminds me about life. One of the things that pushed me so much is really proving people wrong. People say really things that can be done, and that just pushes me. I'm quiet. I don't boast. I don't say anything. I just keep it real. And then we design components and go at it. That whole F22 was a proof of concept where people felt that that engine was rubbish from the uh, earlier 90s Accord, but we proved that it was a very worthy adversary when it came to the high-performance drag market, which is pretty cool. And you know, all of that can come really with the support of friends and family and people who support you and can be there for you. And because of that, as we talk about life, I tend to shy away a lot from people who are dishonest, who lie, who don't have your back, who challenge you in a negative light, and bring a ton of negativity around you and gossip. Avoid those people, they are not good for you. No matter what point of your life you're in, whether it has to do with your job, your business, your school, racing, um, creativity, do double down on your talents. Don't listen to naysayers. If people are negative around you, look for new friends. If people lie to you, run away from them. Don't walk, run away from them. Hang around people who can surround you with positivity and can support you no matter what. That is the best. What motor oil to use in my real-time real four-wheel drive? Asked Negron888. Pearl, of course. That's why I have this cool shirt they sent to me. Thank you, Pearl, for this shirt. It's so dope. I like it. Very, very cool. I think they have it on sale, I think on Instagram or something like that. Anyway, um, so yes, I would prefer Pirol. If you have an engine that is uh, factory in terms of clearances, especially bearing clearances, you can hang around with the 5W30. That's actually what I use on my Insight, believe it or not. Um, if you have a boosted application or something with looser clearances, you can go with a little bit thicker oil with 1040 or 2050, so it depends. Thank you so much, R35, R13. I really mean it. I really mean it. Stay away from negative people. They do nothing for you. They do nothing but drain your energy. Absolutely, there's no benefit. If someone has time to put you down and make you feel bad about yourself, stay away from them. Stay away from them. And, and, and you just feel that energy too. It's, it's not good. Let them, they can wallow in their own misery. Maybe they'll come around. You never know. You'll be doing them a favor by avoiding them. So by all means, you know, that is the way to go. You know, thoughts on NALS B20V or ITB is awesome. Um, Kevin can speak to it. He likes ITBs as well, but when he needed more volume, he kind of changed his intake manifold quite a bit. But I love the sound of ITBs. I love the equal volume that each sender gets. I love the tunability of being able to play around with the trumpet and throttle lens, and that allows you to capture certain harmonics to enhance certain RPMs. And if there's certain RPMs you don't want to enhance, you can change those as well, which is pretty cool. You know, it's nice. The deaf guy EG9 says, do you work on customer cars? If yes, what job do you do? I do a lot of tuning for customers' cars. We do a lot of one-off applications in terms of fabrication and so on and so forth and design. I do not do general repair, but we have partners. Um, Pirate Auto is one good one that helps us with that as well. Um, a lot of the things that we do with cars typically involve, if not our own internal projects, doing uh, projects for larger organizations. 
doing one-off really cool things, which is pretty nice, you know? Yeah, I love this sound too, Kevin. I love the sound of those and those. Do I sell the hats? I don't miss a freak, but Pirol does. So if you go on Pirol underscore USA.com here on Instagram, DM them, they can get you these hats. They're pretty cool. I like them a lot. They're pretty cool. Um, Iram says, no one likes a Dodge Dart. I actually do. <laughs> Is a rear-wheel drive Dodge Dart? Would have been better? What do you think? Yes, it would have. People would have liked it. But, you know, it's a lot more cost-effective for manufacturers to design things in front-wheel drive. And it's much better for slicker environments. If you're a lot in the snow or wet weather, front-wheel drives actually reign supreme. But when it comes to the performance market, it leaves a lot to be desired. And that's why I love the wagon so much with its all-wheel drive capabilities. Absolutely fantastic. Honda Boy is saying I should come to the Bahamas. I would love to. I heard great things about Bahamas, not only with the beauty of the area, but also the car scene is very robust. I would really love to, which is pretty cool, you know? Sam Bernie Machine, I love those guys. Those guys are really, really, really good, you know? Would you be willing to travel for a tuning there? Absolutely, I would. I'd be more than honored to. I do that quite a bit. I tend to travel all across the world to be able to tune. I would tell you one thing, I'm a huge advocate of Dynapax. So if you have a Dynajet or Dynadynamics or something along the lines of a Mustang, I prefer the safety and also the repeatability of a Dynapack. So if you have one nearby you that we can rent, I'll be more than happy to do a tuning day to help you and your peers. No problem whatsoever. Do you think equal length headers would sound good on the Hemi motor? I think it would. Not only would it sound good, it would be very, very efficient. I think last week we talked about equal length headers, and I pulled an example of one um, from my insight. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very important. It's, it's very, very important too not only use equal length headers to improve uh, scavenging and efficiency, but it does a great job at allowing equilibrium of tuning for each cylinder in the engine. What I mean by that is, when you check your wide band sensor and you put that in the exhaust stream, you're looking at the aggregate or average of all cylinders. Not all cylinders tune the same. If you do individual cylinder tuning, which I've done many times and seen tons of power, you notice that each cylinder tends to be a little bit different, especially with casting and intake differences. That difference in tuning is exacerbated if you have unequal length headers. So whenever you can, please do that, by all means. Please make a 1,000 horsepower Veloster. I would love to, but I think Hyundai is asking me, June Photograph, to kind of not go crazy. Um, if I do a Veloster M this year, it'll be something that all of you can repeat very easily. Meaning, it'll be a standard setup, not something crazy that's unattainable by many of you, it will be an intake upgrade, intercooler upgrade, a flashing solution, a downpipe, an exhaust system, suspension, things you can easily replicate to create your own, dare I say it, please guys, no, no rocks, no uh, eggs at me this time, but to create your own Type R killer. How cool is that? <laughs> can a K2083 make this amount of power on the street? Yes, you can. And the power comes in the head. Let me know if you want some advice about NA or if you want some advice for turbocharging, I'd be more than happy to keep you on the right track. Opinions on Lewis Veloster, I like it. I like this latest generation than the first gen. Even some people complain about the, the doors on the passenger side that are split and unequal. It actually is very convenient. Um, when I had the Veloster N lent to me recently from Hyundai, I had the whole family, we drove around for a week. It was, I actually missed it when I got rid of it. It was really convenient to put the baby seat in the back and have my son placed in there because the door opened up very nice and wide. And I kind of like the cool that it's kind of, the look is kind of cool looking. I like it a lot. And the sound is fantastic. Absolutely, June Photograph. That's the goal, to create a Type R killer 
dare I say, again, on a budget. Do I do e-tuning BC for NA? Blast Shuttle, I don't do any e-tuning whatsoever. Why? Because it's a disservice to you. Why is it a disservice to you? I cannot do a good job in tuning if it's not in front of me. I cannot optimize ignition timing if I don't have access to a dyno. I cannot optimize cam timing if I don't have access to a dyno. Please, guys, I've talked about this many times on many Tech Tuesdays, that the best way to tune your car properly is to have access to a dyno and a competent, reputable tuner. It makes all the difference in the world. Do you know how many e-tunes have come here for me to verify if it's okay and they were good? Zero, not one. You have to, it's very, very important for you to be able to go on a dyno and newsflash to many of the e-tuners, you do not make the best torque or the best power with two degrees close to knock. Absolutely not. The dyno is a good measurement tool to let you know if you're going down the right path. And same thing with cam timing. How do you know it's optimized? 100% of the time, the base maps, and the great base maps that come to us from Hondada and from K-Tuner are good measurements to get the car started. But many a time, the cam timing that the cars leave with are vastly different from what the base maps are. So you're not getting the best. You're definitely not. It's very important that you do spend some time in optimizing your ignition and cam timing. And God forbid you hear something wrong, you can hear some things on the dyno that you cannot perceive when you're doing tunes you know, e-tuning remotely. It's very, very challenging, you know? Yes, they do. Taylor Durf is absolutely correct. He said that's why he prefers Dynapack. They show the slightest imperfections in the tune, and they do. You don't have a tire interface that can skew results. If you have alignment that's off, you don't get weird numbers. You don't have the safety issues of strapping down your car. You don't have tire growth that's a problem. If you have a high horsepower car, you don't have to have people sitting in your hood. If your front-wheel drive on the trunk has a rear-wheel drive, you can actually hear things. You can hear if the axle something's wrong or if there's a little bit of knock. You can hear that. Especially if you have an older software like the S300 that doesn't have any knock function that you're going to observe real time. So all these things are very, very important. And you can even turn the headlights on and see a difference in power. If you're looking real time, you have the capability of also seeing one axle has more resistance than the other axle. Because you look at the axle power at the same time in real time. And you can do a smashing job, and I do, with Porsche throttle tuning. Fabian, good seeing you. Have a great day as well, sir. I like Cobb tunes. I like the flash program from Cobb. I don't have the capability of doing carbs yet. We're talking to them to see how we can become one of their premier tuners. But I like their system for Porsches, for Subarus. Their stuff is really nice. I like them a lot, you know? Um, life is busy, but a monthly live like this would be great. Wow, that's good. I tend to do this every Tuesday, and we never run out of questions to answer. But the great thing about this Tech Tuesday is afterwards, I do place it on, like right now I'm recording, you can probably see this. I'll show this to you right now. I'm actually recording my voice live to put up on, on, on the podcast medium. So like iTunes, Anchor, Radio Public, Google Podcasts. You know, you get to see, hear all this if you're driving around or in the loo or working out or jogging or whatever the case may be or walking your dogs. And then I put this video up, um, <laughs> technology willing. Right next to me, there's another camera. You guys are looking at me right now on YouTube. I put it up on the BC Moto YouTube feed. So by all means, you can subscribe to the BC Moto YouTube channel and you'll always see this anytime you desire in Port Raleigh, Florida. You know? Um, am I making a pass at iBug feed? So Dip and Deep, you may have missed what I said earlier. Um, the wagon, I'd like to be able to take and have some fun. But two things. One, I don't have an alignment and we're just installing the rear engine components. So I won't be able to get a proper alignment from my good friend, uh, Robert Chu at Chewworks 
until afterwards. I do want to test before I go out there and have some fun on the track. So I'll be going to Irwindale before I start doing some quarter mile stuff. I want to make sure the car even does well and goes straight. <laughs> We've never tracked this thing. So by all means, you're going to see plenty of, how should I say, content and videos on the BCMR YouTube feed very, very soon. We're going to have a ton of fun. Are you really making that front wheel drive Porsche you talked about in the beginning of the month? So Psycho Professor, you're right. I did put up a front wheel drive Porsche Twin Turbo. I did put it up on the beginning of the month, but I'll give you a hint. It was on April Fool's Day. It was on the 1st. <laughs> so that being said, um, it was the April Fool's joke. No, I'm not going to deal with that. Thank you so much, Ricky. I have one right for you. Whenever you have a chance, come on down. Um, my pleasure, Driver27. I appreciate that. This is the way for me to give back. When I came here to the United States, not many people want to help me. Even for the first shop I went to in Gardena, uh, it's so weird. I was just talking to my family about that this week. Um, the first shop I went to was a place called Car Toys in Gardena, and they were very, very mean to me, very rude. Um, I think it was a combination of insecurity and not really knowing what to do, but trying to come across as experts. And when I found someone like John Concialdi, who took me under his wing, and he's a proper engineer, the founder of AEM, and he really took me under his wing and showed me the ropes and allowed me to really blossom in the whole R&D department of, and the whole R&D realm of engineering. And then I continued my curriculum and finished and graduated and kept doing my, what I love into my own project cars. It allowed me the opportunity to be able to learn and grow. So instead of me putting people through that, I want to give back. I want to give back to all of you and share all that information for you. And the more I learn, the more I'll share. I have no problem with sharing everything I know with each and every one of you. Waiting on the Velocia and upgrade, says Javier Figueroa Steinberg. And I love your logo, by the way. And I, you know, by the, wish me luck if I can be able to have the opportunity and unique uh, blessing to build a Velocia N this year. I will be able to build one that's absolutely fantastic with parts that all of you can have access to and can replicate. So you can build your own type R killer. Velociraptor. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good name. I like that name. Because I was going to name mine the Veloster Nth Power, but I like the, Ver I like the Velociraptor N. That's pretty cool. Thank you, Fox Design. Let's talk, because you know what, Fox? Um, you do a smashing job. By the way, Paul is a very talented individual. He's the gentleman who provided the little cool wagon parking thing that is hanging on my mirror. If you look on the dash of the wagon, he has this beautiful wood-inspired cover that's absolutely gorgeous. Paul, it's time for you to explore and expand other marquees. Expand to and explore the marquees. Let's talk about getting you some exposure to the KDM market. Those people are very nice. They have very limited talent that embraces them. By all means, let's, let's explore that, okay? So Paul, we'll talk as time progresses. I'll let you know if I get successful in trying to get one together. We just have so much going on here to get one together for SEMA. And let's talk about what we can do to you know, create some creativity and create some opportunities in that market. Our, our motor works, good seeing you. Last time I saw you was at Formula D in Long Beach. It's always good to see you and hope things are great for you out there in Northern California. So thank you so much. Um, ah, Malaysia's in the house, courtesy of I'm Siebel 360 He says he's been following me for some time. Thank you for sharing my info. If only we're in the same country or close by, I would love to meet you. You know, I'm Siebel, you never know. Malaysia is a huge car culture market. We sell a ton of Honda Fit and Jazz components to your area, so you never know. One of these days I may come out, and I know that my friends from Purell were looking for dealers in that region, so if you have a shop that wants to carry some cool Purell, 
let me know, let them know, and maybe they'll send me out as a representative to come and see you guys. How cool would that be? That'd be so cool, wouldn't it? Um, oh, that'd be so great to meet you, Paul. If you come out to SEMA, that would be so great. Yep, KDM is Korean domestic market. Thank you so much, Judge Generic. There are quite a few Porsches here. We have a Ruby Stone Red in here. It's an air-cooled 77 that has a GT2 engine in it, and it's a sequential gearbox. We have a Boxster that 10-turn Cayman, which I call a Boxman, which has a center seat application, absolutely fantastic, some Momo bits, and a twin turbo setup as well. And Sam, got to, he went to town on that car. We have um, a 911 right here, a white one right here, another 911 right here, which is a special wishes program from Germany. We have a 987 twin turbo Cayman right there. I have a 914, which I'm thinking about doing some crazy stuff to, it's a matter of time and resources. And then we have an old school 1968 911T right there. I have a 965 right here next to me that you can't see, but I'm pointing at. A 912, a slant nose, a green Ninja Turtle Porsche, another Boxster. We have quite a few here. Thank you so much. Just Generics has a great question. He said, I heard of Boost by Gear, but don't know what it fully means. What is Boost by Gear? Well, here's what it is. When you have a boosted application and you tune it to be able to optimize, in the perfect word, optimize traction, you don't want to give, let's say, an 800 horsepower car 800 horsepower in every gear. Because each gear tends to multiply torque. And the lower the numerical gear you're in, the higher that torque multiplication. So what do you tend to do to optimize your adhesion to the track or the tarmac or the street? You increase boost as you shift. So in first gear, you can have, let's say, 10 PSI. Second gear, you can go to 13. Third gear, you can go to 15. Fourth gear, you can go to 20. And fifth and sixth, you can go full all out to your 800. And that allows you to have very good adhesion to the track. And how do you do that? You use an electronic and electronic boost controller. The electronic boost controller limits how much air goes to the wastegate. And it gives you capability of controlling the wastegate. And what the wastegate does, it allows you to evacuate gases to prevent the turbo from spooling any quicker. Bear in mind that in a very simplistic fashion, a turbocharger has two major components, the compressor and the turbine. The turbine uses exhaust gases that come from the engine and it turns a wheel that's directly cogged to another wheel in the compressor. The compressor pushes air in the engine. The faster you turn the turbine, the faster the compressor turns. If you limit the amount of air going to the, to the turbine, the compressor doesn't turn as much and build as much boost. The more air that goes into the turbine via exhaust, the more air you pump into your engine to create more power. So if you limit the amount of air going through to your turbo via a wastegate that gates or wastes the air before the turbo, the more you waste it, the less boost you have. So what you tend to do is, you have what is known as a duty cycle in your electronic controller. The duty cycle, the lower the duty cycle is through the electronic wastegate, the more the wastegate wastes, and the more less power you make. So in each gear, you can assign more and more duty. Hence, limiting your power per gear, and every time you shift, you have the capability of increasing boost. Now, how does the ECU know that? Some ECUs have something as involved as knowing what gear you're in based upon gear position sensors. But the most common way that most people do it, or most engine management solutions do it, is through RPM and vehicle speed. There's always a very interesting ratio that exists between engine RPM and vehicle speed for each gear. So those ratios are very gear dependent. If you can set up your vehicle system for, via engine management to determine which gear it is based upon RPM and vehicle speed, you can designate as a tuner or an enthusiast how much boost you want for each gear. And there it is. <laughs> so I know it's a bit of a long way of explaining it, 
but it's even more involved but i want to give you a very basic way of understanding how boostable gear works and by the way i am not one of those engineers who wants to speak over my friends and my family which you guys are i derive much pleasure in taking engineering concepts and breaking it down as basic as possible so we all can understand that's what i do Ooh, so weird june you know so okay so june photograph says i should do something at beast mode of blue with two wheels that'd be perfect a velociraptor and you know what i really want to do something about a type r so what about i build it in type r white <laughs> we'll see anyway we'll see we'll see but that's a good idea you know uh fuel cut notch control versus ignition cut which is more harmful so great question ignition cut is actually much safer because even when you do a full cut and one thing think about it the one way to allow ignition to occur any kind of ignition to occur is to be ignition when i say ignition or i should say i should better say the combustion to occur you need ignition and fuel now what problems start to happen is if you run lean and when you cut fuel you can cut complete fuel cut and nothing can happen back and happen but sometimes you can have remnants of fuel which can translate itself into a lean mixture which can hurt your power plant meanwhile ignition cut you can't really mess that up ignition cut extinguishes spark every other revolution so in a simple term i talk about simplicity for all of you if your inline four engine fires one three four two when you use ignition cut instead of one three four two it'd be one four two three one four two three and that's 720 cycle and by extinguishing spark every other revolution it limits the engine from increasing rpm because the engine doesn't have the happiness for lack of a better word of revving very freely and hence you're limited at rpm until the spark becomes back in order and the engine can rev up very nicely and that is much safer than cutting fuel which could limit um same for turbo same thing um i love using ignition cuts for turbo if i'm anti-lagging that's totally different then i retard timing and actually add fuel while combining that with an ignition gun <laughs> that makes sense i know i hear you jim photograph by all means um and i you know the, I, I also want to if i do build a kdm veloster raptor n um i would definitely love to pay homage to the korean flag so it would be white with some blue and some black and some red and blue <laughs> ah the deaf guy eg9 says he needs advice for na power on a k28 3 very simple sir the engine has the highest potential in the cylinder head so you want to make the most power na especially if you want to drive around on applications that don't require you to be a drag race only hello shell good seeing you you definitely want to pay attention to your head there are many places out there port flow um are, what's um What's Luke's company? Uh, Luke from... I'm drawing a blank. He's back east and he does very good stuff with heads. Anyway, but Top of Portfolio is good and Luke is another good company as well that he has as well. The head has the highest potential of power. So, what's that? Was that Kevin? Kevin said something. I think it was one mentioned to me. Anyway, um, uh, I forgot. Anyway, so four pistons. There you go. Yeah, four pistons. Look for four pistons. That's that's good. That's how the company does it. works. So that being said, your head has the highest potential power. The more flow you have done appropriately, you can keep velocity up and definitely fill your cylinder very nicely and create opportunity to make tons of power. Head is everything. That's why when I saw the F22A, I'm like, oh my god, this head is awesome. 
stock, it looks better than most Porter B series. And I proved that it makes a ton of power because the head flows very well. That's why the K does so well. That's why S2000 does so well. It is the head. That's why I love M96 engines for Porsches. The heads flow more than the turbo ones. It's absolutely fantastic. So, that being said, the whole head has a high potential. Now, when you're done with the head, what else? Camshafts. What is the purpose of having a just nice, robust head if you don't have proper camshafts to actuate the induction? So that's very important. And speaking of induction, it's all one piece. You have to allow the engine to breathe. So ITBs are very high flow manifolds are key. And last but not least, speaking of manifolds, headers. You have to make sure you have a properly designed header. I'm a huge advocate of well-designed 4 to 1 headers with insurance built into collector to allow for that very nice scavenging effect by creating a pressure differential in the exhaust to allow velocity to increase. Think of your header, each runner, having a pulse of air flowing through it after each engine cycle. It's akin to you standing on the side of the road. And when you stand on the side of the road and a truck moves by you, what happens? It moves you. So truck drives by, you feel that pull. That's the same thing that happens with exhaust pulses in exhaust system. So if you have a well-designed header, that's collected properly, it can scavenge, especially doing overlap, the best opportunity to make more power, which is pretty nice, you know? And then last but not least, you need to do some compression on it. I'm a huge advocate of compression, and if you design it properly, you can get away with ridiculous amounts of static compression without going crazy with fuel by using dynamic opportunities in your cash house, which is pretty cool. Hello, Sammy Sam 22 Nothing special, just another great day in paradise with my friends, all of you, and family as well. So it's so good to see all of you, you know? Cam duration springs and valves, how much better is it to be matched together is actually very, very important. So here's what I do, because I have the capability of designing camshafts. I flow my heads first, and I look at the flow dynamics of the head. It's almost like looking at a dyno chart. So that being said, when you look at your head dynamics and see how much flow happens at each lift, I try and optimize my duration at those very robust locations of flow in the head. So that being said, uh, Lindsay was asking a question, so I just kind of wait for her. So that being said, I tend to do that. Let's say, for example, you have a head that flows okay at 100 lift, does very well at 150, but at 200 lift just picks up a ton of flow. I guarantee you my cam profile will have a significant amount of duration at 200 lift. What if it doesn't flow anymore past 550? Why would I even have my cam reach that level? So head work determines what occurs with custom camshafts. Now, if you don't have the capability, you can always reach out to people like us, or the cam manufacturers that can help you design a cam that's optimized for what you're trying to do. But it's very important for lifting duration to be compromised, to exist, have no compromises when combining them to be able to get to your goal for power and longevity. You know? Oh, you're in Korea. Oh, my goodness. Well, good seeing you, my friend. Uh, have a good evening. And I hope all is well out there in Korea. Thank you so much, Film Cuisine. I love doing things right, especially when it comes to reliability. And that's why I only partner with good companies. When it comes to induction, I love Kinsler stuff. When it comes to oil, I love Purell. When it comes to pistons, I love Trom. I'm not an advocate of trying to do things cheaply because when you do it cheap, many times it doesn't last. And then when they break, they tend to take a lot of things with them. I like to build it properly the first time, which is very important, you know? Rome says I should teach a class at Cal State University. Um, I went to Cal State University, Long Beach, and I tend to travel around the country from time to time, and I really share lectures about opportunities in engineering and how wonderful engineering and technology is as a profession and how you can enjoy yourself and have a good time doing it as well, you know? Thanks so much, Ron Mexico. Good seeing you. Boosted Mix is asking, why Pure Oil? Why that at all? That's a very, very good question. Yes, I did say Kinsler. 
Western cuisine. That's why I use my induction or my drag cars. So one thing about Purell is they have, these are guys who are engineers like myself, but also enthusiasts like all of you. And when they started racing their cars, they couldn't find commercially available oil that really met their demand. And they worked in aerospace, so they do a lot of lubrication for aerospace and military and government. And when they saw that people really provided rubbish to the automotive community, they decided to come out with their own compounds, which is absolutely fantastic. So what does that do? Not only does it have very high resilience to chemical and heat, or chemical issues and heat, so you can, it's compatible with E85 and compatible with methanol, it has amazing shear stability, meaning that it doesn't break down easily like other oils do. It has very good zinc that doesn't disassociate very easily and hence contaminate catalytic converters. So one thing about current oils that exist today, especially the popular ones, is they keep removing more and more zinc, which is expensive, but that zinc, when you remove it, it kills your valve train. So I have, how many, this is a camshaft that came in today. The camp is all scarred up. It's because the customer was using zinc, or oil that had very low zinc levels. So that's not good at all. Now, not only have I seen great protection with Purell, because of its lubricity, for lack of a better word, I've seen power increases. So not only on my own insight, which I'm going to put together very soon, thanks to our friends at Hoonigan who are pushing me, and Kevin, and Duran, and all these guys. Um, because of that, when I did my testing with Purell, that's when I was very skeptical about the compound, I gained 12 wheel on mine. Even Paul from Fox Design here, he actually saw six wheel gains on his. And then Albert, who comes by here often, saw like a I think three to four miles per hour gain, mile per gallon gain on his, uh, on his uh, I think he had a Acura TL, I believe. So he saw some gains there as well, which is pretty nice, you know? That's cool, yeah. Um, Film Cuisine, I love Kinsler indeed. And I know Jim, he's actually one of my mentors as well. I love him, he's a good guy, by all means, you know? Thank you so much, from Mexico. Six, nine, nine. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I had to look at those Roman numerals and think back. IS is nine, so that works out. Um, hello, one-handed bandit. Interesting name indeed. Yes, and Sam is Purell as well. And so does <laughs> Pro Phoenix, their dealership out in the UK. Hello, Daz. Good seeing you indeed. Hope everything is well. Why does time fly so much? Hey, Eddie. Good seeing you. Thanks for joining. Why does time fly? We've only been together, I thought it was like maybe 10 minutes, but it's been 42 minutes we've been together here, which is absolutely fantastic. But anyway, they say that uh, time flies when we're having fun. Hello, Dealing Designs, good seeing you. Hello, Hedy, good seeing you as well. Wow, here's, oh, here we go. These guys are gonna start fighting between Hedy and, and, and Kevin. It's gonna be on and cracking. Hello, Juan Traveres, all the way from Brazil, good seeing you. Yes, quite a few Subaru guys use Purell. Um, we actually sell a lot of Purell to the Subi guys here at Bismoto. And speaking of that, I think that um, I was talking to the team at Purell. I think they're going to start another sponsorship deal to help out for the summer. So um, I'll probably put a post and let you guys know if it happens. But they're really, really good. You know, um, average as how's the price? Uh, they retail. It's a very, very good compound. So they retail. I think the manufacturer suggests it reaches about twenty-one dollars. I have it on sale on my side for $14, but right now, I think they're going to start some kind of crazy sponsorship, so hit them up and ask them about that. Um, Sammy, everyone, just write to Purell USA, DM them here on Instagram, and find out from them what the sponsorship deal is. Maybe they can help you out a lot. It'd be pretty cool, you know? Super Project, Kimmy's asking. Thank you so much, Juan Traveres. I, I appreciate the kind words. Kieran is Paul. I would do something with Subaru if I had a relationship with them. And why is that important? I've shared this in the past. Um, definitely having a manufacturer partner helps tremendously. 
So if I had a partnership with Subaru, by all means, I would build some crazy stuff for them. So if you know my Subaru, let them know I'm interested. I'll be more than happy to partner with them and build some crazy stuff. And if Flysys asks me, what oil would you recommend for the M96, M97? If it's something that's daily driven in temperate regions, the PR10W40 is ideal. If you're tracking or pushing your car, or you have some crazy setup in it, or even just pushing the car, canyon carving, the 2050 is a good way to go, or if you're in regions that are a little bit warmer. So uh, all my Porsches, whether well, it's the Cayman here, which is M97, I have an M96 in the black car right there. I use the 20W50 Purell, which is what I use. Um, even in my, um, the 996 twin turbo I have, I use the 2050 as well. In my blue 911 with the crazy turbos hanging out, I use 2050. So I like that, it's pretty cool, you know? Okay, Sam, I know. Sam is saying I need an all-wheel drive dyno. I really do. Um, ah, it's resources. I have, I'm, I'm putting so much money in my, my projects. <laughs> I, need to, I do need to save up and get an all-wheel drive dyno. You're absolutely correct. Import Rally is off to work. Thank you so much. I appreciate the subscription on both here and on YouTube. Thank you so much. I appreciate all the support. Can Pure be good for Caribbean climate? Absolutely, Kieran. Um, I've had customers all the way in Africa, and they have dealers there as well. So yes, in tropical and subtropical regions, it's absolutely fantastic. Boosted Mix is asking, am I ready for iBug this week? Um, Kevin is working on it right now. I see Kevin said the 1040 is the only one you can get a free shirt with. Oh, very funny, Kevin. Anyway, we're getting it ready right now. Almost ready, but not quite. But we will have the capability of exploring iBug with AEM induction. So if you find AEM booth this weekend at we will be there. So yes, FA5 Dan, I will be there. What's better, AP1 or AP2 S2000? Depends on your drive, driving capability or what you desire. If you love high RPM buzzing, AP1 is the way to go. If you love the low RPM grunt, <laughs> AP2 would be the way to go. The AP2 makes more power, but doesn't have the buzzing. The red line is at 8,000. You can push it to probably 84 uh, with factory valve train and a little bit of tuning. But um, the, definitely the AP1 screams. Now, there's a very unique year in 2004, but that's for another day. But it depends on your driving style. For me, I like the AP1. I like the buzz my engines. I just do. And I combine that with some pretty cool bits, and it's a great power opportunity to have. Um, DJ Remarov said he wants to introduce Pirod to Baja Racing. I have some guys who are heavily involved in race. Let's talk. Well, um, so that being said, uh, DJ Remarov, I would love to. I'd love to be able to help those guys out. Um, or actually connect you with Presley, who is the agent that helps me out with a lot of marketing stuff. So I don't know if you have a relationship with him. I think you said you do. But if not, let me introduce him and let's see what happens, you know? Um, seeing Rob Dam is four-rotor build, what do I think? I haven't seen that setup. Ooh, let me go take a look and see what's going on with that. I haven't been. I haven't seen that at all, Steve, by all means. So I need to do that. Oh my god, time is running. Okay. Hello, Tony Boyle, right-hand drive. Good seeing you. Brandon, the JDM guy, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us as well. And earlier on today, I was talking about everything from life to Pirol to... Um, it's right up my alley. I love to see it. To really surrounding yourself with great people. I mentioned earlier on talking about life because we got to talking about how naysayers... So we're talking about my drag program and how people tend to have, give, us a, give me a hard time with projects and BC can't do this or you can do that. It's not possible. So that being said... I want to give you the same advice I gave many of your peers, and forgive me if you're hearing this again, stay away from negative people. Stay away from people, stay away from people who are dishonest, who don't have your best interests at heart. If you feel good about something yourself, do it. Double down on your talents. Do what is pure and righteous for you, and if you see naysayers, run. 
they do nothing good for you. There's no advantage in hanging around negative people. Let them wallow in their own misery, and sometimes they're even family members. By all means, stay positive and do the best. No, the Odyssey won't be at Eibach. This week, or this weekend coming up, I'll be taking the all-wheel drive wagon in all its all-wheel drive sequential gearbox glory. So look for us at the AM booth. Right now, Kevin's working on it and installing a newer end and a lower control arm that's fully adjustable. It's going to be pretty cool. Thank you so much, Richie Beeman. And I would love to talk about engines all day, too, but unfortunately, duty calls. So I may have to leave very soon. Um, it really doubt that jet life. Oh, you so funny, Kevin. <laughs> Make way, body body kits for BB6, DC5, and FA5. Let me know if you plan on building one of those. Well, it depends. You know what's so weird? Honda is doing a great job in really pushing me towards the newer cars. They tend to make me shy away from the older cars. Most of the older cars seem to be passion projects, but you never know. I don't know, but something weird is going on next to me. I don't know what's going on. Um, Reese Five Way, thank you so much. Have a great afternoon as well, R30. What is going on here? What the heck? That is a mascot. I gotta stand up so you guys can see this. Look at, look at what's going on here. Look at this. Come on, come over here. Well, I don't know what's going on. What is going on here? Oh my God. <laughs> so for those of you who can't see what's going on, some girl mascot just walked into the office, which is pretty bananas. <laughs> oh my God. People are laughing. This is really funny. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my goodness. I know. It's hilarious. We have a lot of fun here. I know Fox Zach is too What is going on? How did this even happen here? Okay, last week was a wig, and this week it's a mascot just walking in. It's pretty bananas. Anyway, I know, that's bad. I need a picture that I put up. <laughs> oh, guys, well, on that note, I'm going to go ahead and fly. Um, my cheeks are even hurting from laughing so much. But um, thank you so much, guys, for um, uh, assisting. Um, Albert. Albert, are you there? Albert, are you there? Um, a gentleman is asking, what's so good, you know, because I don't want you guys to see it to be all the time. A gentleman is asking, what's so good about the 2004 S2000? What's so good about that year? Okay, basically, 50-50 uh, chassis. 50-50 chassis, so it's very balanced. What else? Engine upgrade to 2.2. The engine is a 2.2 opposed to 2.0. And still drive-by cable. And still cable-driven, no drive-by wire. So extremely tunable. So you get the larger engine, the raw effect of a cable driven and very easy tunability for many engine management solutions. Oh, and face and upgraded facelift, which is pretty cool. So Albert, he loved, Albert's here with us helping us out. He loves S2Ks. It's all about it. You know? Thank you so much, Royal Works. You're so kind. So kind. Thank you so much. My pleasure indeed. Alright guys, I must fly. Oh my god, time is time is done. So by all means, please, once again, as always, I appreciate your audience and you guys being here with me. Your feedback is very important to me. I do take criticism constructively. So if there's any way that you feel that we can improve on this, I'm here to help. Let us know, and I'll be more than happy to. Um, Film Cuisine, if you want to intern, please write to us at lab at bcmo.com. Send us a brief resume, and we'll be more than happy to explore and see if you can join the team as we have a lot of fun here because it's about to get crazy this year. Five crazy projects. I don't even know how we're going to top this year after we're done. Anyway, guys, have a pleasant afternoon. Good seeing you. Take care, and cheers. Bye-bye.